Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Thursday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Nice to have you here. All right. We are laughing because, well, you know what I always say. The show that runs concurrently with the show that doesn't get on the air is always better than the show that is on the air, although the show on the air is pretty good. You follow me? The last week of my career, I will do that show that's running concurrently off to the side on the air because what are they going to do, fire me? Anyway, you'll see what I mean. Hey, listen, we're all a little bit off today because the rain is hammering SoCal. SoCal does not do well with the elements. We know this. The second the very first drop of rain hits the first windshield, people freak out, and they start driving into each other. I saw it this morning. I get up this morning, I'm in my routine, I'm going down the road, I'm going to hit my Starbucks like I do every single morning. The entire road is blocked off. Sirens everywhere, multi-car slammer. It's 5 a.m. There's nobody on the road. What could possibly happen? I know exactly what happened. I wasn't even there. The first drop of water hit the first windshield and cars started to flip and slam into each other and run to trees. These cops are like waving frantically. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just need the nitro. Just need to get on the freeway. So everybody here is tripping. Sir, sir, it's raining. What are you doing out of your house? Are you aware that it's raining? Go home. Go to your basement. We don't have basements. It's California. All right. Anyway, with that in mind, got a good show for you. Telephone number is toll free. Hit me up. Listen, in terms of the beef, we're going to beef early. We have an interview at the top of hour number three where we normally have the beef segment. So what that means, we're going to beef in the middle of hour number two. Get your mind right. Get out in front of it. Get your beefs ready. Middle of hour number two. Not only that, it's a shorter segment. When we go to the top of the hour, we usually run that thing all the way into the bottom of the hour. If we start at the bottom of the hour, it's a shorter segment. Don't ask why. It just is. So you got to make it count. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. If you want to hit me with a beef on the X, it works perfectly there. Hit me at Jim Rome. Email me at beef, Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. Also, I'll get to it in a minute, but we're not beefing next week because I will be in Vegas. So this is an important beef segment. Coming up at 940 or 40 minutes from right now, longtime NFL vet Brian Hoyer joins me. So we'll get his thoughts on a number of things around the NFL, including the Raiders. Top of our number three, Rick Barnes, the head basketball coach at Tennessee. Also, I am not in tomorrow. I know, I know. Must be nice, Rome. Must be nice. I have business again. Remember last Friday, I had some business I had to bust out for. I have more business not to bust out for. So I will not be in tomorrow, but JT the Brick will be. So that's how that looks. Speaking of beef, today is your last chance to beef for a couple of weeks because I will be in Vegas for Super Bowl all of next week. And even though I'm doing something a little different in Vegas, remember, I will not be on Radio Row, but I will be in Vegas. More details when I arrive. There still is not going to be room for a beef segment. So if you've got a beef Get it out of your system. Get it out in hour number two. Now, I've got some inspiration for you. 
to get all those beef juices flowing, I've got some inspirational beef to begin the program. Some awesomely petty beef. Some of the best beef is petty beef. A beef from the NFL that simply will not die this week. And it's the best kind of beef because not only is it petty beef, it's petty goat beef. It's an incredible combination. A.K.A. beef between goats. More specifically, leftover beef. There's a lot of different kind of beefs going on here, right? Goat beef, leftover beef, petty beef, legendary beef. And all from the AFC Championship between arguably the best kicker ever and arguably the best tight end quarterback combo ever. You know what I'm talking about. We haven't gotten to it yet, but we will right now because it's still ongoing. I cannot get enough of this Justin Tucker versus Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes beef. Again, this has got nothing to do with Mahomes looking beefy. Who cares if that dude has a bona fide dad bod at 28 years of age? Nobody can beat that dad bod. So what difference does it make? Nobody should be talking crap, and especially any of you clones. Let's not act like you're all 4% body fat, all right? Don't even start. I'm not talking about Mahomes looking beefy. I'm talking about this back and forth beefing that's been going on all week with Justin Tucker. And listen, let me say it right off the top. Part of me wants to say, I have never seen anything this stupid get this much run and get players this hooked, especially players of this magnitude. I mean, it is really dumb. It's absurd. It's idiotic. I mean, yeah, yeah, so what? The kicker was warming up on the Chiefs' side of the field before the game and didn't move his stuff far enough away from Pat so Pat could get his work in. I mean, big deal, right? The ultimate nothing burger, which is pretty much what Justin Tucker had to say after the game. I find it kind of silly that we're even having to address it or talk about something that happened before the game that I really don't see as... A big deal. I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun. But they seem to be taking it a little bit more seriously, um, and uh, I'm I'm totally willing to let it all go. But um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just you know what I've done for 12 years, and it's it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game, just like they are. I mean, on the one hand, he's willing to let it all go. You know why? You got your ass kicked. I'll bet you if you won that game, you would not be so quick to let it all go. You know how I know that? The other guys are not letting it go. But what he says does sound pretty reasonable, right? And it is pretty reasonable. Except here is the problem. Mahomes and Kelsey did actually take it seriously. You can debate whether or not they should, but they did. So they didn't think that it was nothing, and they're not willing to let it all go. In fact, it seems like they're never going to let it go. You can call it silly, you can call it petty, you can call it whatever you want. And by the way, if you called it all those things, you'd be right. But it legit pissed those two dudes off. 
and pissing those two dudes in particular off before the AFC Championship game is a pretty stupid idea. These two dudes are the last two dudes that you want to piss off before that game. Again, the whole thing is so stupid, but that's what makes it so awesome. Petty always is awesome, and especially when it involves legends and when those legends are goats. We all know about these types, these ultra-competitive, ultra-alphas. They fixate. They will jump on anything for any kind of edge or any kind of motivation. We all know the goats are generally petty. In fact, unusually petty. We all know MJ did it. Even my dude, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Hey, Jim Rome. Hey, Steph Curry. Hey, Jim Rome. Hey, Steph Curry. Hey, Jim Rome. Hey, Petty King. And by the way, that's self-gloss. He's the only one who gets away with it. I don't call him that. He calls himself that. Steph proudly wears the crown. He calls himself the Petty King. And it's awesome that he does. Man's game. Again, this is what the goatish types do. It's part of what makes them goats. They will look for anything they can to get that edge. Which is why generally it's not that smart to give goatish types any fuel whatsoever. Let alone going out and seeking them out to play some silly warm-up mind games. Yeah, I know Tucker thinks that it was not a big deal. But Tucker didn't understand that it really wasn't up to him to decide whether or not it was a big deal because clearly it was a big deal to Patrick and Travis. They said so. They won't stop saying so. I mean, did Tucker really think? And the one thing he did own, he said it was just gamesmanship. It was just gamesmanship. My man, you might be the best kicker ever. In fact, you are. You are. But did you really think you were going to get into Patrick Mahomes' head or under Travis Kelsey's skin with this so-called gamesmanship, at least to the point of taking them off their game? What, was Patrick just going to fall apart, get distracted, and suddenly turn into Mitch Trubisky because you wouldn't move your kicking tee? Mitch Trubisky. Nice try, Tuck. Great idea, Tuck. So what about Pat? Here's Pat's side of the story from a hit on 610 Sports Radio in KC this week. I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine, and there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you usually talk to the guys, so there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way, or you, kind of, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times. So um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he and he got up and moved it. I think two inches, um, but but didn't move it out of the way. And I I, I was going to kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me. And then after that, I wasn't going to let him put it back down. I mean, honestly, it, it's amazing in how stupid it all is, and it's amazing in how stupid it all is, how awesome it actually all is. I mean, it's so hilarious to me that this dude is even thinking about any of this, let alone stewing about it days after winning that game. It's also such a dumb mind game in the first place. Again, far be it for me to tell Justin Tucker how to play mind games with other teams, but come on. 
Did you really think that was going to work in his favor? That moving his helmet six inches was just going to throw Pat off his game. That that was going to get in his head, under his skin. That that was going to disrupt him or phase him in any way. That he was just going to turn into Chad Henney. The only thing that was ever going to do, that mind game, was piss Pat off. And then he would use it as motivation, which is exactly what happened. So, sorry, Tuck, you are the best kicker ever, but your attempt at gamesmanship was so far right, it ended up in the seats. Dude, you're just lucky you didn't piss off your own quarterback by pissing off the other quarterback. You're just lucky that Lamar did not come out this week and hit you with, quote, our idiot kicker like Pinky famously did back in the day. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. Akers and Vinatieri, these guys are great guys. They've been getting killed all week because our idiot ran his mouth. So when I get home, I'll deal with it. Tony and I talk about it. It's kind of funny, really, when you think about it. If he is still a teammate, we'll deal with it. You know, that remains to be seen. But the sad thing is, Lynn, he's a good kicker. He's a good kicker, but he's an idiot. What an amazing moment. The greatest moment in Pro Bowl history. Ask me, that's the reason why the Pro Bowl existed another 30 years after. Because of that. Idiot kicker. What if Lamar had come out with, you know, Tucker is the greatest kicker ever. He's won so many games, but what an idiot. Here I am taking all this heat for being a big choker, when in reality, it's his fault. It's not my fault. I didn't hold on to the ball too long. I didn't turn the ball over. It's not my fault that I missed a lot of throws that I normally make. It's the idiot kicker messing with the best quarterback ever and the best tight end ever in the end zone before the game. He's an idiot. And we'll see if he still has a job next week. I'm surprised Lamar didn't come out with that. Listen, I'm not saying that's why the Chiefs won the game or anything like that. The Chiefs won the game because the Ravens took a big dump in their pants. That's why the Chiefs won the game. And they're better. But considering the fact that the Chiefs are still talking about this means that that was not nothing. And it did not help the Ravens at all. And judging by what Travis had to say on New Heights this week, it does not seem like he's about to forget the incident anytime soon either. If you want to be a f***ing dick about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your (laughs) kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping eyes are looking left and they got a, a helmet down by their feet it's actually kind of dangerous really but like if you're not going to pick that up i'll happily move that for you justin came out and he said it was more of a joking gesture and kind of a fun competitive and i get it i mean he was kind of winking at me like being a about it like trying to get under the skin yeah he knew what he was doing i get it, it but he got under me, skin and, a little me bit. and pat we were we've been having the same mentality for this game all week long, man. Yeah, and it was uh, you got to go in there and 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 have the right mind frame, have yeah. the right mindset, and we just weren't in a joking mood. Um, we yep. were ready to get after it. I'm gonna tell you something. People like to ask me, what do you think of athletes having their own platform? What do you think of athletes having their own podcast? What do you think of athletes going right to consumer? If they're gonna do it like that, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm all for it anyway, but. Him coming out and saying, if you're going to be a bleeping bleep about it, and then calling him a bleep again. If you want to be a fucking dick about it. That is incredible. 
Also, again, if you want to call this petty or silly or drawn out, you're not wrong. But you have to respect these dudes on some level. These dudes, he just made this very clear, they were not there to grab ass. They were not there to play grab ass. They were there to kick ass. And kick ass they did. And beat ass they did. And eliminate some ass and send some ass home they did. Baltimore might want to say, this is all a bit much. These dudes are sore winners. They're being babies. But none of that changes the fact that they got their asses beat at home when they were a one seed, when this was supposed to be their year. So say whatever you want about Kelsey and Mahomes, but they just win, win, win. Call them petty. Call this embarrassing. Call it over the top. Fine. They're just going to direct you to the scoreboard. They're going to point up at it. They're going to tell you to look at it. And then they're going to whip out their rings. And then you'll have nothing to say in response. I have one more thing to say. Memo to Frisco kicker. Yo, Jake Moody. Yo, Rook. Stay out of Pat's way in Vegas, my dude. I can't even imagine how bent those two will get if a rookie tries to pull this crap. Look how bent they are over the goat pulling this crap. The last thing you want is those two burying you for the entire offseason after they win another one. You could even end up being the villain in a future Taylor Swift song. I'm just saying, watch your back around these dudes, Rook. Do not be playing any mind games with those goats, Rook. The kicking goat should have known better. Then again, maybe the goat wants to keep this beef going and take a swing back at this point. He does have some decent material to work with, a.k.a. that viral Chiefs postgame locker room footage, a.k.a. the one with the quarterback love handles. If Tucker really wants to land another blow and keep this beef going, there's only one way I think he could pull it off. He should do it here, today, in the beef segment. He should. He should hit, hit me up. Yo, Jay Tuck, if you're listening, send me a beef right now. Something along the lines of, yo, Rome, my beef is with people who can't handle some light gamesmanship. Hey, Kermit, my hamburgers. Urgh, Patrick. At least my dad bod didn't go viral this week. Hashtag fat. Alvin, hit the alarm. Thanks, Rome. Love the show. Signed, Justin Tucker. My dude, if you did that, I would declare you the winner in this epic goat beef. Right on the spot. Otherwise, there is no denying you took a pretty big L right there. And you're still taking that big L because these two dudes will not let it go. It's so petty. It's so awesome. I love it so much. Oh, and for Kermit, credit for rolling with those viral pics with his shirt off. He tweeted, yo, well, he X'd, yo, why they have to do me like that? Hashtag dad bod season. Let's just say in a couple of years, as Takeo Spikes has described it, Patrick is going to be the guy in the pool with his shirt still on.
Well, you know what? I always said that when I'm done, I, I really want to let it go for a year. But then seeing some of my guys who, who let it go for a year and then they tried to get it back, they can't get it back, man. I can't be walking around here with a big stomach, you know, and, and summertime, you want to get out there and take the shirt off. You don't want to be the only guy in the pool wrong with the T-shirt on now. Hell you know no. So, you know, you got you to be ready to flex, man. You know, you got to have some good Twitter pictures and everything, you know. Yeah, I don't think uh, old Tequila's got anything to worry about, man. My man looks like he could still go. Anyway, I spent a lot of time on something really petty, but petty is awesome. If you want to be a fucking dick about it. Yeah. Also, he did weaponize that and turn that into content. I'll give him that. But with a full F-bomb and a D-bomb and another D-bomb. 1-800-636-8686. Where do you come out on all of that? Also, additionally... I want to talk about the Jets. There is an incredible expose slash takedown in the Athletic yesterday. Like, we knew the Jets were jacked up. We knew the Jets were dysfunctional. I'm not sure any of us knew just how bad it was. Everybody in that piece looks bad. Everybody. And some people really, really bad. Robert Sala, can't hack it, look really, really bad. Aaron comes off as pretty disingenuous. It's bad. So I want to get into that too. Had a, oh, breaking news. The Commanders have a head coach apparently. The winner of that, the winner of that as the fourth choice, Dan Quinn. Now, I would say that, you know, there's a lot to like about this. I might. But then again, I flash back to yesterday when I tried to say that that was actually a good job and things were looking up in the district. Somebody from the district called up and set me straight and said, oh, no, Rome, you got this all wrong. There is nothing good about that job. There is nothing good about that team. There is nothing good about any of our teams. There is nothing good about anything here. Stop saying things are good here because they're not. So you know what? I'm not going to say that's a good hire. I don't want somebody from the DMV correcting me again. All right, so all of that's coming up. Brian Hoyer, 940. What's your beef? Get yourself ready for that. That's the middle of hour number two. Rick Barnes, top of hour number three. Are you looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet five bucks. They can get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-889-7777 or visit at ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. 
You know, not that I didn't cover that all in the open, but one more quick thing. You know, this notion of, like, come on, man, that's much ado about nothing. It's nothing. It's not nothing. And it's not just nothing because these dudes are still talking about it. But I'm going to tell you what it tells me. You've got Tucker, and Tucker's saying, you know, let's just kind of wink, wink. Just have a little fun. Still gamesmanship. That was the mindset. Like, I don't know what you were thinking. These dudes were serious as hell. They weren't there to grab ass. They weren't there to fraternize. They weren't there to have a little gamesmanship and bro it out and hug it out. No, Pat and Kelsey, these dudes have been on a mission since the postseason started. Look how well they played. Kelsey's back from the dead. These guys were not there to jerk around. They weren't there to wink, wink, bro it out. So I think there's kind of a mentality, right? So then they hit the field, and they get up on Baltimore early on, and Baltimore falls behind, and they panic. They panic, and then they change their game plan altogether, and they stop running the ball. Unless, in fact, that was their game plan. And if there was their game plan, that was a really bad game plan. Yeah, they played a much better second half, but the tone had already been set. And frankly, the game had already been won in the first half. So I I don't really understand the mindset. And I'm not saying Tucker's mindset reflected the mindset of the entire team, but that was not the way to start that game. I think it actually did kind of set a bit of a tone. And it set a bit of a tone because Mahomes and Kelsey internalized it. And obviously, it had an impact on them. If Kelsey is still F-bombing on his podcast midweek, it stayed with him. Unless you're going to say that it's just content, Rome. It's just content. And I'm going to agree with that in part. But he sounded pretty pissed. Chris in Milwaukee. Dear Trav and Pat, next time, let me handle any problems that you have with a kicker. Regards, the head ball coach. I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I want. SA Sports Honk. Rome, let's just say the quiet part out loud. Kickers just need to stay in their damn lane. Instead of kicking the tee, Kelsey should have just kicked the kicker. Sincerely, Urban Meyer. I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I want. ECS826, quote, Someone needs to tell Justin Tucker you might be the best kicker ever, but at the end of the day, he is still just a kicker. Best perv. I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I want. Amber is in. Romy, of course, Justin Tucker is willing to, quote, let it go. Not only did they lose that game, but my dude does not want any part of that Travis Kelsey smoke. That guy would destroy Tucker. Rome Slice, even we think this argument is petty and blown out of proportion. Regards, husbands that answer honestly when their wife asks if this dress makes them look fat. Signed, Geoff and Lincoln. Hey, Geoff, dumb as it ever was. Your takes. Hey, Rome, Mahomes loves petty too. He should have just taken a page out of our playbook and said to Tucker, don't do me like that. Thanks, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I think that he did. 
That's pretty much what happened. Except Kelsey was way more angry. Kelsey was like, don't effing do me like that, you bleep. Bleeping bleep. I mean, I need you that one more a- time. If you- this dude's gutty podcast, and he's just letting it fly. F-bombs, D-bombs. It's incredible. If you want to be a fucking dick about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your fucking <laughs> kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up, and they're yeah. dropping. Eyes are looking left, and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But Like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. And Justin came out and he said it was more of a joking gesture and kind of a fun competitive. And I get it. I mean, he was kind of winking at me, like being a d- about it, like trying to get under the skin. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. I get it, it but it got under me, your skin and, a little me bit. and Pat, we were. <laughs> he goes, it worked. It did now. get under your skin a little bit. Right, but not in a good way. It didn't throw him off his game. It didn't distract him. It got under his skin and fired him up. Like I said, it wouldn't make sense. If you're going to come in here and say, why would a Hall of Famer need something like that to fire him up with a Super Bowl trip hanging in the balance? He doesn't need it, but he'll use it if you give it to him. All right, let's take a short time out. I've got Brian Hoyer on the other side of this. Get your beefs up in here, too. We're going to be... Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Let's get right to it. We're joined right now by a quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. He just wrapped up his 15th season in the NFL. He entered the league as an undrafted free agent. Signed by the Patriots out of Michigan State. He won a Super Bowl with the Pats in 2019. He has also played for the Cardinals, the Browns, the Texans, the Bears, the Niners, and the Colts. He has thrown for over 10,800 yards and 53 TDs in his career. I'm talking about Brian Hoyer. Brian, it is great to have you on the show. Great to have a chance to talk some ball with you. Brian, how you doing? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Good, good. All right, so let me ask you first about the Raiders. They went 5-4, and four, Brian, after Antonio Pierce was stepped, or stepped up as the interim. He did enough to get that job full-time. I'm curious, what did he do to change the culture, the dynamic, and the energy of that team as dramatically and as quickly as he did? Yeah, I mean, obviously that was a unique situation for me personally. I, I went out to Las Vegas to play for Josh McDaniels. I have a great relationship with him, and you know, when he was let go and AP stepped in, I thought AP did a great job of, you know, bringing passion and energy and, in a weird way, understanding, having been a former player himself, how to connect with guys. And, and that was pretty cool for me to sit there and watch as the, as the weeks went on to see a guy who, you know, he himself has stated that he was born a Raider and really embraced the Raider way and that culture. And, and I think guys responded in a great way. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for AP. I actually played against him my rookie year. So to have a coach, you know, be your head coach and a guy you played with and have a lot of respect for was um, was cool for me to witness. Yeah, I could say I, I understand how that's a tough spot for you to be in. In fact, I was going to say I don't want to put you in that spot, but I know you and Josh are close. In fact, Brian, I'll be straight. I, I know Josh. I like Josh. I love that hire. I really thought that he would be successful there, especially as a second-time head coach. Why do you think that it didn't work out for Josh with the Raiders? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, when I look at it, I was only there for a limited time. I wasn't there for his first year. But Josh is an offensive genius. I've learned so much from him throughout my career and my time with him. And when I had an opportunity to go play for him, you know, I jumped at it because it was something for me that, you know, his system and his philosophies I really believe in. And, you know, some, sometimes, you know, things don't take the right turns and, and decisions are made. And, you know, I, I was, you know, shocked how quickly that was. I feel like, I don't know, what was that, the fifth or sixth game of the year, and wake up to that news, and, you know, obviously I felt for him and, and his family, but, you know, I, I've been cut before. It's part, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's part of the business, and, you know, people see a lot of the great sides of the business. There's a lot of, the, uh, of downsides, too, and, you know, so for me, it was, like I said, it was a unique uh, opportunity, and, and having, you know, played against AP, and you, you see why he was such an integral part of those special Giants teams. He's just a natural leader, and and, you know, so I, even though I, I'm a guy who went out there to play for Josh, I can appreciate AP and, and what he did and, you know, his, you know, energy and philosophy, too. Brian Hoyer is joining us. So, Brian, the Raiders are the last team to beat the Chiefs this season after your win at Arrowhead on Christmas Day. After struggling with consistency throughout the entire regular season, how do you think KC was able to elevate their play so dramatically and especially in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I was working out this morning, and they had, I think Andy Reid was on the Pat McAfee show, and he was talking about how, you know, when they lost to us on Christmas Day, it really, you know, lit a fire under his team, and, and they've really, you know, bounced back from that ever since. And, you know, when you look at it, you look at the experience they have on that team, especially with Pat at quarterback. Um, you know, when you have great leaders like that on your team, you're able to bounce back, and you're able to rally around guys like that. And, you know, to be able to see, you know, where they've taken it to in, in the past few weeks and, and um, you see guys like Kelsey and, and um, you know, Chris Jones and those guys leading that team. I mean, it's, it's funny, after playing for the Patriots for so long, I know why, you know, people hated them so much. And, and you watch the Chiefs, and it's like every time you think they're down and out, um, you know, they, their leaders bring them back. And obviously, you know, here they are in another Super Bowl. And speaking of leaders, you got Patrick Mahomes, who's got a chance to win his third Super Bowl by the age of 28. Now, you played with Tom Brady for a number of years in New England. If Mahomes wins another ring this year, does that move him into the conversation of being one of the best ever already with a chance to potentially run down Brady himself? I mean, definitely. I mean, you look at Pat and what he's done. I mean, it just I have greater appreciation for him. You know, having been around Tom and, um, you know, you talk about this like, you know, when we played, you know, for the Patriots and Tom Brady's your quarterback, you go into every game believing that you can win the game. And, and I think that's when you look at the Chiefs, they probably feel the same way. Um, you know, there's such different types of players. Obviously, Pat is scrambling around, making crazy throws, and Tom was, you know, in the pocket. But I think it comes down to their competitiveness. And, and you know, they basically, you know, make the guys around them rise to their level. And, and so there's, you know, a lot of comparisons when it comes to that. But their playing styles, you know, so different. I actually joked with Pat before one of our games this year. I said, it's always my favorite week to be the scout team quarterback when we play against you guys because I'm attempting stuff that I would never dream of. I'm, I'm you know, trying no-look passes. I'm throwing the ball left-handed. I'm dropping back 15 yards and trying to throw it as far as I can. And, you know, he's, he has such a unique style of play. And, and, you know, I think Coach Reed, you know, allows him to do those things, you know, to the best of his ability. And, and you know, every year when it comes to playoff time, he just takes it to another level and and uh, the team, you know, kind of builds around that. That's a great anecdote you just shared. I love that. Brian Hoyer joining us. Brian, since you know Tom Brady as well as you do, having spent all that time with him in the quarterback room, how do you think he's going to do as a broadcaster next season? For instance, do you think he's going to cut it loose and show us a side of his personality that maybe we haven't seen or don't know? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I, obviously I have the, the privilege and, and uh, pleasure to call him a friend and, and know who he is as a person outside of football. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has, I mean, questionably, you know, the most football knowledge of, of any person that I've ever met. I mean, along there with Coach Belichick. And, and for him to give his perspective, especially from the quarterback position, I know how many people love listening to Tony Romo. And I think, you know, they, he Tony does it in a way for, for the fans to understand. And as players, we sit there and listen to him and, you listen to Tony, and he understands what's going on. And I think you know Tom will bring that type of analysis to the to the the broadcast booth. Um, and you know I think he'll do anything that Tom Brady's going to do. He's going to do to the highest level. So I'm sure it'll be great. And I think fans will get to kind of see you know what what made Tom tick as a quarterback. Because I'm sure that'll come out as he's announcing the games. Brian Hoyer joining us. Brian, you mentioned Bill Belichick. What do you make of him getting shut out of this coaching cycle? What's your reaction to that, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, obviously those those positions get filled up pretty quickly, and I'm sure knowing Bill and, and having been around him, he was probably very particular in what he was looking for as as an organization to go to, and you know whether that's having control and on the the GM front or whatever that might be, and so sometimes maybe it's just not the right fit, and you know. Obviously, as a football fan, as a guy who has learned so much from him, I think, you know, for everyone, we want to see him, you know, go out there and, and break that record. And so maybe having a year off allows him to do that and go to a, an organization that he thinks is fit. We're talking to Brian Hoyer for another moment or two. So, Brian, you know Kyle Shanahan's system really, really well, having played for him or around him with both the Browns and the Niners. How do you see the matchup of Kyle and the way he's going to try to attack that Kansas City defense, which is as good as it's been in quite some time? How do you see him attacking that defense, and what do you think that Spags' response will be? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, we, we mentioned Josh already, but Kyle's probably the, the second biggest influence on my career, especially offensively. I learned so much from him, and the way he prepares is, is, is uh, you know, pretty uh, unreal. And, and um, you know, the way he calls games is different than any other player, any other coach that I've played for. You know, he's he's got his call sheet, but he's watching the game and he's seeing, you know, how the end close on that outside zone is. He can I, can I call a boot? Are the linebackers getting sucked up on the run? Can I get run a run action? And so I think you know that's to me when I look at this game. Um, you know, it's it's Kyle versus Spags, and and you know, two weeks of preparation for both both game plan, offense, defense, and, you know, it's going to be, and I remember Kyle saying this, like, I'm never going to abandon the run game. And obviously when you have Christian McCaffrey, you don't want to, but if I can get in enough plays where I get the, the defense to suck up and throw some explosive play action passes behind them, which, you know, you see Brock Purdy does such a great job of, you know, so I think, you know, that's going to be a balance of, you know, staying with the run game, running, 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 play action pass, and when it comes to Spags having gone against him, you know, he's a, he's a very game plan oriented defensive coordinator. So is it going to be more zone? Is it going to be more man coverage? Are you going to play, you know, eight in the box to try to take away the run? And, and, you know, when Kyle sees that, he's going to try to go to the play action pass. So, you know, that's the matchup I'm really looking forward to because you give Kyle Shanahan two weeks um, to game plan, he's going to come up with some great stuff. This is really good stuff right here. One last thought. You mentioned Brock Purdy. I mean, Brian, never mind. Is this guy a system quarterback or a game manager? He was the last player taken in the draft. Can you explain how this dude has been able to overcome such long odds to be the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl in just his second season? I think we're losing track of that fact. Yeah, I mean, I look, look, I mentioned Kyle and his game planning ability, and, and if he can get a quarterback who goes out there and executes the plays that he wants him to. I remember, you know, one time, I don't know if it was in Cleveland or San Francisco, and there was a play Kyle and I were talking over, and I said, okay, but what if the defense does this? And Kyle looked at me and goes, don't worry. 
I studied enough. I'll call it at the right time. And, you know, so Kyle has that confidence and, and obviously Brock has done a great job of learning from Kyle and going out and executing the plays that in the way that Kyle wants him to do. And so he's surrounded by great players, but still, you know, you have to go out there. And like you mentioned, the last player, you know, taken in the draft, he's done an, an unbelievable job for himself and for that organization. And, and I'm sure he would probably credit a lot of, a lot to Kyle's, you know, coaching and, and the players, you know, playing around him. He just wrapped up his 15th season in the NFL. This after signing as an undrafted free agent coming out of college out of Michigan State with the Pats. Been a great football life so far. More where there's more of that, I'm sure, too, still ahead. Brian, really good to have you on the show. Great to talk some ball with you. Appreciate that, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Brian. Hope we can do it again soon. Brian Hoyer, you can see why teams, Josh McDaniels, Kyle Shanahan, why you want somebody like that in your quarterback room. He's played for the Cards, the Browns, the Texans, the Bears, the Niners, and the Colts 15 years in. And a great breakdown of that matchup coming up on Sunday. I will be in Las Vegas all next week. Not on the row, but broadcasting. Doing this show in Vegas. And I'll let you know when I get there, but make sure you look for that. All right, so hour number two is open except for the beef segment. We're going to beef in the middle of hour number two. So again, that segment is a little bit shorter than the normal top of the hour beef segment, meaning be tight. Get in, get out. We don't have as much real estate. That's coming up in the middle of hour number two. Lots more to get to. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on the X. At Jim Rome, email, email me also at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. Hour number two, straight ahead.